Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Hello, everyone. Before introducing you to today's guest, just a quick reminder that we now have a Patreon page. You can head on over to patreon.com slash Dallas Woodburn to support the podcast and receive exclusive access to bonus content from our guest authors, including writing exercises and excerpts from their books. Plus, as a Patreon supporter, you will be thanked here on the air. Visit patreon.com slash Dallas Whitburn to learn more. Now, welcome to episode number 40 of Overflowing Bookshelves. Today, I am excited to share my conversation with author and book marketer extraordinaire, Rachel Huffmeyer. Rachel grew up in the middle of a wheat field where she found plenty of time to read and dream. Her mom paid her a dollar per classic novel she read. So in a quest to amass a small fortune, Rachel read over 200 classic novels before junior high. After dabbling with writing novels and stage plays, she ran to the BYU bookstore for her first job. She sat behind the register, voraciously reading Shannon Hale novels while Brandon Sanderson and other internationally selling authors held book signings right there in front of her. That was when she began dreaming up plots of her own. Rachel's debut novel, Shattered Snow, was a Whitney Award finalist, Swoony Award winner, and Deep Magic Easing highlighted novel. She is also the author of Spinning Briar and Granted, Curse of the Emerald Gin. In addition to writing novels, Rachel works as a marketing manager for Immortal Works Publishing. She lives in Southern California, where she enjoys sand at its finest, the beach and the desert. She loves to play board games with her kids, browse Pinterest for tasty recipes, and read a bedtime story to her husband every night. It was really fun to talk with Rachel about all things writing and marketing, and I think you're going to really get a lot of great information from today's podcast, so enjoy. Well, hi, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here today. Hi, Dallas. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, I love to start off my interviews by just asking my authors about your beginnings as a writer. So we'd love to hear about your journey, um, when you first discovered you loved writing, and kind of the path to publication for your first book. Well, fabulous. I started writing my first novel when I was 14. Um, I had just finished reading 
Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series and was like, this is what words were invented for. That was so like touching, like it changed me. So I totally wrote Tolkien fan fiction with like ripped off character names and everything. And uh, so then I played with it for a little bit and I didn't get back into it until after college when I had my first um, son and there were nap times and I was home alone and what do I do with my time? And so I started writing conversations because a lot of times you're just talking to babies all day. So I was like, Ooh, this way. I mean, it's not weird at all. <laughs> I was like making up adult conversation, you know, but um, yeah. So I started writing every day to see if it fit and I fell in love with it. So ever since then, I have just written every day and um, gone from there. I wrote eight full novels before I finally had one picked up by a publisher. So I just, I really wanted to go traditional route and I just kept practicing and I figured, you know, if this one isn't being picked up, then the next one I have something to continue to learn from. So kept writing and finally made it with Shattered Snow as my first book. That is so, wow. It's so inspiring just to hear of your perseverance. And it's also just inspiring because I think when we when we follow authors on social media, um, you know, we just see the high points. We just see shattered snow. We don't see all of those other books that you've written before then. And so that's, thank you for sharing that. That's really inspiring to hear. Um, so how did you get the idea for shattered snow? So again, hashtag mom life. I was cleaning a bathroom, listening to a time travel novel and um, I was cleaning a mirror and just the thought was, what if the mirror in Snow White was a time traveler and dropped everything? I dropped my Windex, I dropped my paper towels and I like ran to my computer. I wrote an outline in about half an hour. And then 20 days later, I had, I typed the end, like it just blew out of me. I feel like because I had practiced so much with all those other novels, by then I had the process down. Um, And then um, three months later, I ran a bunch of edits and I pitched it to Immortal Works at a conference and they picked it up. So this book within four months from the idea to getting a contract, it was definitely time meant to be, but there was a lot of work that went in ahead of it. So it is hard to tell that story because without the preamble, because then people go, Oh, in four books, I could become a published or four months. I could become a published author, but um, you don't see everything that goes in before then. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. And that also just shows you get that idea and it's like, there's this energy to it. And um, I love that story of how, so do you tend to be an outliner? You mentioned how you wrote the outline in half an hour. What's, what's your process like? Yeah. So I, I like to have at least a paragraph for each chapter. So I know the direction that it's going. I really love doing retellings because then there's a lot to draw from a lot of inspiration to draw from. Um, But uh, with my sequel, Spinning Briar, I had it beautifully outlined. It was perfect. And then I'm writing these teenagers and they went rogue and they wanted to tell their own story and I could not force them into their box. So I'm a believer in all <laughs> outlining, pantsing. Sometimes your characters just write their own story, but I do like to start with an outline. That's so interesting. And I love that. So you had to kind of give your characters the reins and see mm-hmm. what ended up happening. Yeah. And they went completely different direction than I had planned for them. And it worked out, but it was really hard. It was hard to kind of give that up, which is so weird because it's in my own head, you know, like I'm the one creating the story, but 
it was amazing to see characters come to life so vividly that I knew them so well that they could make their own decisions, even if I didn't want them to make those decisions. Yes. I think that's the most magical part of the writing process is when your characters come to life in that way, even if it makes your life harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's so, that's great. So, um, okay. Well, another question I have for you, um, especially being a fellow mom is about, I guess you mentioned sitting in writing time during nap times. Um, has that stayed consistent for you? Um, how do you find the time to write during the day, especially now that you have published books out and there are many um, hats that you wear as a published author mm-hmm. with marketing and production and all of that? Um, I, th- I think when we first start, you know, we're just worried about the writing and then just more gets piled on your plate as you advance in your career. So yeah. how do you find time to write and what is your, your schedule like? So it's had to adjust a lot in the last year. I live in California. So my boys just went back to school for the first time this week. So for the last year, they've been completely homeschooled. Um, and then I had a baby the first day of quarantine. So that was just an added, an added adventure. Um, so this last year has definitely been just wherever I can fit it in. Usually that's in the form of a Google Docs on my phone in the dark at 11 o'clock at night and everybody else is asleep and I'm in bed just trying to write until I just can't keep my eyes open anymore. But um, I think the biggest thing, um, you actually talked about this on an Instagram post recently, was just prioritizing it and making it something that does fit and that you want to do every day. So that's kind of been my focus this year is wanting to do it. Um, more than hitting any kind of word count, but just keeping that spirit up because that's been hard. It's been hard this year for sure for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think just that mental shift can be such an important change. So I agree similar to you um, this past year, especially I've started thinking of my writing time is, is like my me time almost. I mean, self-care is such a buzzword these days, but this idea of this is time I'm giving to myself as opposed to just one more item I'm trying to cram in on my to-do list. And I do Mm -hmm. think that makes such a big difference in how we approach our writing time and is something that brings us more joy. And I think that that joy in the creative process comes through, um, like you're saying, when you want to write, I just think the whole process is easier. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little harder because now that I have a few books out, I've learned enough about marketing. I'm actually marketing manager for Immortal Works Publishing now, but I love marketing. And so sometimes it's really easy to go, Ooh, I'm stuck in this chapter. I'm going to go market instead. That still counts. Right. And it doesn't because you're not making progress on your book. So just not allowing things that you love, maybe a little bit more at the moment to get in the way of actually progressing your story and fulfilling those goals. Yeah, that's such a good point. And for me, sometimes too, it can be other things um, like answering emails or um, yeah, other tasks like marketing can seem easier than trying to sit in the story, especially if there's a part of the writing that is being a little bit challenging or your characters aren't doing what you want them to do. And so yeah. it just feels like, oh, I'd rather be doing these other things. Or I joke with um 
with some other writer friends that like housework never seems more appealing than when I'm in the middle of a scene that's not going well, right? It's like, oh, go do some laundry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm glad that's kind of a universal truth and not just me. <laughs> yeah. So it's about getting, um, yeah, keeping yourself in that discomfort, I think, to move forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess I would also love to hear just about where you find inspiration. So I love the story you told about cleaning the bathroom and getting that, that moment of inspiration, looking at the mirror. Do a lot of your ideas come like that where it starts with just kind of this lightning bolt or do you tend to have stories come at you different ways? Do you start with character development? Um, I would just love to hear a little more about where you find your ideas. Yeah, I think this is really important. Um, I had, I can't even remember where I learned this, but somebody talked about filling your creative well, um, which is inside of you bringing in enough um, visual, um, scent, taste, all of these senses that we have and filling yourself with creativity so that you have things to draw from. And so sometimes I will see a color and I'm like, recently I just saw, a peacock and I saw the beautiful blue feathers and I, I thought, oh, I have got to use those, that color, that color is so vibrant. Um, and that led to an entire book idea. Um, so it, you just never know where you will find that inspiration. You just have to be constantly intaking um, creativity and looking at the world around you for details. I like to read, I, I like to write science fiction. So I like to read about um, new hypothetical discoveries or inventions and, and, you know, what the future has in store because a lot of times science fiction becomes science fact. And so um, another thing I like to do is look at history. Um, Shattered Snow is actually based on a real life um, figure in history that may have inspired the Grimm brothers. So Margaretha von Waldeck is a real person and her story in my book, her original <laughs> unaltered history, um, that's actually what happened to her. And so I read about her story and I went, that's really sad. I don't, I, I'm going to write an alternate history because I don't like that ending for her. <laughs> and so you never know what is going to find its way into your books. I love that. I just, I love that. And I think to hear you talk about it, it feels like just being open to all of that inspiration around you. So like you're, you're not just seeing the peacock and thinking, Oh, look at that beautiful peacock, but you're, you're taking that in as something that can inspire your own creativity and inspire you to create something out of that. And I just think that's really um, just lovely to hear about, to hear you describe that in the way that ideas really are all around us. If we just kind of open ourselves up to them. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's, it was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. I love that. Um, well, shifting gears a little bit, since you are marketing manager for Immortal Works Publishing, and I have mentioned I have a lot of writers listening to the podcast and other authors. Do you have any advice from a marketing perspective for authors or writers listening to the podcast to want to spread the word about their books? Do you have any top um, advice along that route? Oh, there are so many <laughs> different routes you can take um, with social media. I, I've noticed that most authors jump on social media as their first go-to marketing um, effort. And the thing about social media is um, it's called social media. So you need to be using it to make connections, make friends, and have real conversations. So you should be using your 
your chats, your private messaging more than you should care necessarily about getting your post up every day. If you're posting once a week, that's okay, but make sure that you are really creating deep and lasting relationships with people. Um, The most rewarding things that I have found from social media is when I'll go to a conference and I have people come up to me and go, hey, I'm Endless Fairy Tales. And I go, oh my gosh, it's so great to meet you in person. And then to have an actual friendship form because of that social media interaction, that's absolutely what you should be focusing on rather than, hey, my book's on sale today or this, you know, you don't want to be a salesperson. You want to be a friend mm-hmm. to people on social media. So that's, that's kind of the biggest direction I give for people starting out, especially when you're trying to build your platform before you're published. Um, agents and editors, they do. I mean, we scope out our authors and see, okay, how healthy is their platform before we, we publish them. So it's, it's definitely a good way to start. I love that advice. And I think that I think some writers or just people in general might be kind of intimidated by social media. And I love the way you describe it as yeah, social media that you're trying to just make those connections, build friendships, talk to people that it doesn't have to be um, selling yourself, you're, you're just trying to connect with people. And I think that's such a great way of looking at it. And it's much more fun that way. If you're just yeah. thinking about connecting with people in a genuine way. Exactly. And I mean, there's such a healthy bookstagram community. I mean, any platform you go on to there's on Twitter, um, hashtag writing community on Instagram, it's hashtag bookstagram on TikTok, It's hashtag book talk. All of these communities have such friendly people. Um, they're so supportive and it, you will make genuine friends that you've never met in person. It's, it's perfect for quarantine. I love it. Yes. It's so true. (laughs) Well, and as you mentioned too, if you do get to meet them in person at some point down the line, it just makes that even more fun because you feel like you already know each other. Right. Well, and it is nice because there have been times I've gone to a conference, met up with somebody that I know from social media, and then they got me into a pitch session that was full, or they helped introduce me to somebody that, you know, was really critical in my career. So it is an amazing, amazing tool more than your query, more than anything else. You can fine tune all these things, but if you have friends, if you have people that can vouch for you, that goes such a long way. It's so, so wonderful to make those relationships. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that's a wonderful part of the writing community and great advice for, you know, anyone listening. We often think of writing as being so solitary. It's just you in front of your computer or in front of your journal. Um, But then the (laughs) idea of finding ways to get out there and connect with other writers. I started this podcast is kind of trying a way to do that, to have this community. So I do think that's so important. That's awesome. That's such a good idea to start a podcast. That's perfect. Yeah, it's it's been so fun. I just I feel like I get to um, just fangirl over books that I've loved, <laughs> like Shattered <laughs> yeah. Snow, and just be able to hear some behind the scenes stories about them is so great. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So um, can you share with us, um, switching gears again, but thinking about, I think every writing journey has moments of struggle, as well as, you know, high points. And you mentioned having those eight books that you that you had written that did not find a publisher before you got your first publication contract. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear um, just your advice for other writers. Maybe they're starting out. Maybe they've been writing for a while, but they're feeling discouraged. Maybe they're dealing with rejection. Um, What, what advice would you give to, to other writers? Or if you think back to yourself, maybe 
you know, earlier on in the process, what would you tell yourself? Oh, awesome. So I actually have a blog post. If you want to go to rachelhuffmeyer.com, I have a blog post where I've put up every single rejection letter I received on my last book. I think there's like 52 rejection letters um, on my most recent book. And so something that was told to me was expect a hundred no's for every yes. Mm -hmm. And so I just made a list and it was basically just a checkbox of okay, I'm going to mark down every no, and I'm not going to be sad about it because every no is getting me closer to my yes. And so it really helped me keep a positive perspective because I saw every no as progress rather than rejection. Um, Just that paradigm shift, like kept me afloat for years and years and years. Um, However, that didn't mean that there weren't still like bumps in the road. Um, there was one publisher that kind of schmoozed me and like invited me to come to their, um, their office and was really misleading. And then, um, they stole some of my content (laughs) and put it on another book. So they were a predatory publisher and that was really hard to feel like, Oh, is, are there, you know, publishers out there that aren't trustworthy? Am I putting my book in the hands of the best people? If I get an agent, is that going to be the best fit for me? But at the same time, as hard as that was um, at that time, it helped me become better educated in the industry. And so now I look back at it, even though at the time I was like going on rage runs, you know, sprinting as best I could, like, what is going on? This is crazy. Um, having a hard time processing it. Now I look back and I think, wow, I will never find myself in a bad situation because I know what questions to ask now. I know, you know, so if you have an agent and it's not a good fit and you have to part ways, that can be hard, but also keep that in mind that that is just your refining moment. You know, if you are receiving rejection letters and they're giving you advice of how to change your, your book to make it better. Um, same thing, just, it hurts in the moment and validate that that is so real, but at the same time, realize that in a few years, maybe, or a few months, even you'll be looking back and going, that made the whole difference. I am with a wonderful publisher right now that is so generous and so fabulous to work with because of that experience I had beforehand. I love that way of looking at it, Rachel. That's so empowering too, you know, to think of those, those steps along the way is just getting you to where you are now and having those be learning points. And, um, I just, I really love that. And I've heard that too, that expression of, um, every no is one step closer to a yes. And I think that is so true. And it is funny how do, do you look back? So I, I have four unpublished manuscripts before I got my first one published. And I remember at the time, each one, I would think, oh, this was the one, you know, why did it not? and then when it ended up the, my first book that did get published, I just thought, you know, it was meant to be this one. Like I ended up actually being kind of happy. Do you feel that way about your unpublished manuscripts? So I actually have a unique experience with this because my very first novel that I ever wrote um, was published this January. Oh my Um, goodness. So I published Shattered Snow with Immortal Works. And then I, I was like, I have this other manuscript that I have just edited and edited and I love this baby and it's my first book and I'm so sentimental over it. So I sent it to them and they, um, they accepted it. And as I was going through it, I was like, 
oh, I felt like this was so fine-tuned, but I have grown so much as a writer. I basically had to rewrite so much of it because it didn't fit me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so while I thought it was, you know, squeaky clean, I realized that I've changed and it was still well-written, but it wasn't me anymore. So it is interesting to have that perspective of how much I've grown over the course of my pre-career. And so I look at my other books a little bit differently now. Like, was that a tool that helped me learn that I can be okay with keeping that on the shelf, even though I love it and I think it's a great idea? Is it better placed on my shelf because it's already done its job? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I still had such a good experience publishing my first book and I'm writing the sequel now that I'm also, I'm kind of torn, you know, like, oh, is it, it's kind of fun to reinvent an old idea, you know? Yeah. It's just Um, interesting. That's really interesting. I love that. And I think that also just is encouraging that, um, that an idea could be something you wrote a long time ago and maybe it hasn't gotten published, but it doesn't mean it's never going to get published or it doesn't mean that you're right. never going to rework that um, down the line and it to have a new life. So that's- right. That's why I, whenever people say, Oh, I have this book and it will never see the light of day. I always wonder, yeah, but I think you're capable of it now. What, what would it look like if you made it see the light of day, if you brought it back mm-hmm. out? And so I don't ever think there's really a dead idea. I think ideas stay with us. And, and if we want to bring it out, I think you can workshop it and and get it up to what it needs to be, to be published. So, but it's also okay to let them lie. (laughs) It goes both ways. Yeah. Well, it's been so fun talking with you, Rachel. And I, um, I just could talk with you all day, but I want to, I want to wrap this up, um, not take up too much of your time. So maybe you can share how listeners can connect with you. What are the best ways to find you on social media, to find your books and to, um, just learn more about you? Awesome. I have a website. It's really easy. Just rachelhuffmeyer.com and you can find all of my social media accounts linked there. You can contact me through that website or I'm really active on all of my platforms. So I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's a little crazy, but I I love being each platform offers something different. So you can private message me, you can friend me. I would love to chat. Um, So yeah, either website or basically any platform you're on, you can find me. Great. And I will link to those in the show notes. And then Rachel is going to um, join us with our little bonus content. She's going to read an excerpt from her work and give us a writing prompt. So if you listeners want to get more of Rachel, head on over to patreon.com slash Dallas Woodburn, and we'll see you there. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you, Dallas. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.